You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the raven too comes from the green dragon. Welcome to the Green Dragon short series. This is where I, Jeremy, and maybe some guests at times, but mainly just me, are going to talk for a short amount of time on a topic and try to be a bit more proactive about getting some episodes out and getting some content out. So what I'm planning with this series is to, whenever I can, just to record a little 10-minute, 15-minute episode going over a topic something short that I want to discuss and that way I can be a little bit more uh, nimble and and respond to to current events a little bit more as well. So today we're going to talk about uh, YouTube which is interesting because this is very much like a YouTube format type thing isn't it just go short but just without the thousands of ads I don't want to like do an ad and then talk about my sponsor and then mention my 50 patron members and then go for another ad and another ad and then then two sentences of content. Not me I'm going to have three sentences of content. So today I'm talking about my time on YouTube with Jacob from Conquest Creations. So this is going to have some spoilers for the first seasons of the Conquest Champions. I believe that's the name we've got for it. So I want to make sure that I I warn you ahead of time. So if you don't want to know the result of that and you want to watch them, turn off now. Still listening? I warned you, turn off now if you didn't. Okay, good. Good, good, good. So I played my Dunland. The reason I chose Dunland, I actually brought two armies to the, to the event to start with. So basically we got invited to a day from Jacob to play some games. Uh, I brought my Thrandall's Halls and my Dunland, but found out I was matched up against Owl's Dwarves first round. So I took the Dunland, which I thought was a good choice. I chose these two armies because both of them were heavily based on combat. Because combat looks more interesting on video than just shooting. Standing back shooting is a pretty boring way to play. And they both have a good amount of movement. So that was the way. I wanted to play a movement game. I wanted to be reasonably dynamic and I wanted to play an interesting game. And I also didn't want to go super high defense because what I wanted was the things to die because that's much more interesting as well. If you get that stalemate where it's two shield walls with low strength, high defense, it can be a slow game. So I wanted an action-packed game. So already there was some choice about what to take in my army for Dunland. And of course I wanted to show off some new Dunland heroes as well. So I didn't get the captain in. I got a whole bunch of other stuff and pretty much an assortment of the Dunland All-Stars, which I was pretty happy with. They play well at 500 points. I know how to play them. There's not a single scenario in the whole book that I can't have a go at. So I'm all happy with that. I really like the Dunland Legendary Legion. I think it's a fun way of playing. I think the Huskulls rules is just a bit silly, but other than that, I think it, it's they pretty much hit it out of the park for the rest of it. So it's a nice one. Thryden, sometimes I find him a little bit underwhelming, but so what? What can you expect for a sub-100 point hero? So I, I got to play my games, and playing a game on video is, is very different from playing a normal game, and there is some challenges there. So one of the main things you have to do is try to be entertaining for as much of it as possible. And that can be difficult because, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I play a game, I just get really focused on the game and nothing else is really getting in my mind. It's all about the immersion. It's all about my tactics, all about the story and all that sort of stuff. But these ones are very much like commentating your own game which is which is a strange concept because you're also playing a game so I don't want to go and, and map out all my moves but I want to make it obvious to the, the viewers what I'm doing as well and, and make it sometimes educational or if I make a mistake I want them to be able to spot the mistake and comment on it and get engaged and, and get Jacob lots of views because that's part of it as well it's about selling the game 
So it's a bit different there. What's what's the most interesting thing apart I found as well is we're trying to play pretty quick because the game can drag out a long time and we want to play the game till its natural conclusion. We don't want it to play the game till till a stopping point and, and just say time or anything like that. So we have to play because we do have time blocks because Jacob books out a venue and we play there and we've got we've got to have time for the other game because we, we only play one game at a time. So we want to make sure we get our games done. So we play some of it fast and then occasionally something really cool will happen and we've already gone through it. So Jacob would just say, oh, put the models back, reenact that, have it, having you pulling the models off, do the backing away, whatever. And, and what I found was sometimes that causes problems because like if you get it back and it's not in exactly the right spot, eagle-eyed listeners, they, they are amazing. They must be pausing and getting out all their like slide rules and their protractors and everything to work out the exact angles. will say, oh, you played this wrong. And you get so much engagement just by the, you played it wrong. You played it wrong. And which is which is really strange because I wish that that it was more focused on the actual game, but I get it as well. Like like we all do that sometimes where we just say, "Oh, there was a mistake there," or "You you missed that," or "You got that wrong." So it's quite stressful not to make mistakes because one, you don't want it to look like you're cheating. Two, you don't want to make an obvious mistake, and then the whole video comments is just about the mistake. Like the uh, the Eastling game I played against Geordie, which was which was an amazing game. I thought I had it wrapped up early and and was really under control, almost like my first game. Like the first game, I wasn't wasn't worried at all. Second game, wasn't worried at all until my courage test started failing for everyone, and then suddenly it was pressure on. And and but we we stuffed up the end bit where Geordie I think asked me to to do the Eastling reroll and he must have just missed the FAQ or, or something along the lines just forgot about it and I just took his word for it and went yep I'll reroll and of course as the fates would have it I rolled the same roll so it was all good the game ended but that side of mistake was about half the comments on the video which which was a strange experience because in some ways it took away from what was a fantastic game. Now, Jacob's also got a really tough job because he needs to make the game entertaining and keep people interested to the entire game as well. So he's got this strategy where he seems to to talk up a player, maybe the one that, that's that's not doing so well a little bit. And I think he's getting better at that. I think he wasn't particularly subtle about it early on. So he'll talk him up entirely and then not the other person at all. And then the other person would win. So he's getting a bit better at making that a bit less predictable and keeping the game entertaining. What I love about it is the the scenario choices, the way we get to do the veto rule. I, I love that rule. I love that so much, the the veto system. So basically I veto anything that's not like dynamic. I want I want dynamic movement-based, interesting scenarios. I want to do the whole boards to use and I get to show off some of my boards. So I want the whole board used. So I get to veto ones that I think won't be as interesting to watch. And of course you go for the tactical reason as well, because you want to win the game. But the most important thing is the entertainment. So I, I like that. But once again, I design my armies that any scenario is a fine scenario. I'm happy to play whatever. That's all good. So I had a lot of fun with that. Managed to get all three games uh, done. Managed to get wins in all three games. And, and look, there, it, it was close, especially that last game. The last game, there was a massive stuff up at one point where one of the heroic combats with my two uh, sub-heroes, my Goroth and my Oath Oathmaker. I think that's the name. I, I always get that one wrong. Those those ones we we did a bit of a stuff up we we looked at it and then we just got out of sequence and something happened and basically I thought I had the guys positioned and then they weren't positioned where I I thought they were so uh, Gilgalad got through a gap and and moved around and caused all kinds of problems and you just got to go with it and and as I said with the stop start nature of it you make mistakes there and that one just just became really confusing so I got no idea what happened there I clearly made some mistakes there and and. They were easy to fix mistakes. All I had to do was just have the Huskells less than a gap apart. None of that would have happened. But 
clearly it did, but that's okay. It didn't change the game in, in pretty much any meaningful way. I had had that under control, I believe, and got some good roles. But um, what I did do, and I'll talk about this in another episode, was one of my, my classic bait moves. And I really want to spend a good 10 minutes talking about that, the, the how do you do bait. Um, and Jacob totally missed it. I had to listen to the commentary. He didn't, didn't notice it. At one point, I sacrificed one of the, the Craybane by putting it within the charge range of the elves in the hope that the elves would, one, just ignore it, and then it would just hold my flank and be a bit of a tank. Or two, the elves would jump off one of the objectives, giving me a clear run at it without much risk. And that's that's the aim of the game for that one, the uh, destroy the supplies. So I, I sacrificed a Craybane, a little 20-point unit or whatever it was. It's cheap. To, to make sure that I could grab that objective. And that put me in a point where I was just relatively confident that I could hold on for the win at that point because I had enough points in the bank that it would have taken a pretty big swing to, to turn it around. And it can happen, especially with a fragile army like Dunland, but that, that's pretty comfortable. I ended up getting the third objective for a total fluke where Jacob failed a courage roll. But even then, I think I would have would have had it under control for most of it. I doubt I was going to make a mistake again and lo- lose another hero to, to bad positioning. I was, I was in the zone. But I had an absolute ball, and I'm going to play in the second season, and, and I'm going to have a lot of fun there as well. Don't know if I'll last long. Who knows? But we'll see how I go there, try to back it up. But it's just, I wanted to talk about how different YouTube is from a real game and, and how much more the talking is based on entertainment. Because normally my talking is all about like striking out the opponent. So I give them like lots of options. I'd be helpful sometimes I, I i talk about things i i just yeah i'm just a constant talker throughout the game as you can probably imagine constant talker on the podcast as well so yeah but um what i what i liked about the whole process was i got to show off the dunland army and i got lots of positive comments and i know the algorithms on on all our social media sort of suggest things but i've got lots of uh dunland in my feed now and it knows i like that so i'm, I'm really impressed with that and lots of people working even some people have uh borrowed my color scheme which is fantastic as well i love it when there's um that sort of comment is is the ultimate compliment isn't it when someone goes and, and says i like your color scheme so much that i'm going to use it as well it's, it's really fantastic so that's uh, the end of the first green dragon sh- shorts if you haven't already seen it go check out some of the conquest creations videos i do think jacob does a really good job of the battle reports he tries to keep them short and, and originally it was like 20 minutes and sometimes they balloon out to 30 or 40 but i think he does a really good job of setting it up keeping it entertaining the whole way and showing off the army with different players i think he, he does talk up his players a little bit much at sometimes and and that's that's part of the theatrics of it like i think he, he made a mistake at one point of talking about all tournament veterans and to be honest some of them i don't think were as veteran as as it sounded i think there were some people who uh maybe were a less experienced with the game but i guess you're a veteran once you play a tournament that, that's it. Okay, until next time, and it won't be very long till next time, I'm pretty sure, listener, I'll be back with some Green Dragon shorts, and we'll have some normal-length episodes as well. If there's anything you want me to cover in these, please let me know. And until next time, Traps Win Games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. The Green Dragon Podcast discusses tabletop wargaming using the Middle-Earth strategy battle game rules for Games Workshop. We have no affiliation with Games Workshop, Warner Brothers, New Line, Tolkien Enterprise, or anyone else involved in Tolkien's universe. We're on our own. Thank you to our patrons for your support. You can become a patron at www.patreon.com slash thegreendragonpodcast. You can contact us via our Facebook page at The Green Dragon Podcast or on our email, thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Not so sure about that plural. This podcast is for entertainment, so please take it that way. Farewell, listener. The road goes ever on and on.